Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Touchdown. Touchdown. That's five for Chris Brown. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and today we have a special guest, Matt McChesney. You know him from uh, playing for CU, for playing the NFL, for coaching all sorts of different athletes. Uh, McChesney Unchained, the podcast, definitely go listen to that. He now has a TikTok. Uh, What's going to be on your TikTok, Matt? I don't know, man. I don't really know what it is, but (laughs) I've got... I'm I'm pretty heavy on Instagram, verified almost 10,000 followers, which that doesn't okay. mean shit, but I do a lot of content on it. It's like <laughs> a website. Um, you know, I've gotten a, a strong opinion on Twitter on both platforms, uh-huh. on Sixer yep. Academy and at DMVR Unchained, and I just thought that all the snot-nosed brat high school kids in my place that I'm surrounded by all the time. Got to relate to They them. talk about TikTok constantly, and Spano talks about TikTok constantly, mm-hmm. and I don't know, man. Like, I, yeah. I, there, there looks like there's some productive shit on TikTok, maybe. So <laughs> I, I'm a small business owner, and kind of I make my own money with my name and my likeness and mm-hmm. my business. So anything that'll help push all that agenda in a productive way that also helps my guys get scholarships and mm-hmm. helps push the media message and everything else, that's what we're going to do. So that's why. Love it. That's why I got TikTok, son. If the high schoolers in Spano agree on something, you, you got to listen to them. It's a 100. That's if, everybody. Look, if there's, we'll put it like this. If Vic Fangio hates it, I'm in. <laughs> and I guarantee you, he's like, wow, what the hell is TikTok? Exactly. So I'm getting it. He is. I guarantee he is. <laughs> Not to bring up that. So uh, some uh, big news in college football yesterday, though, and nope. with the Buffs in particular, nope. uh, the alliance between the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the uh, ACC. Wow, that that was kind of a struggle for me. But uh, for those of you who haven't <laughs> heard like the details about that, did a whole podcast an hour yesterday. There's a bunch of details in there. Um, but today, instead of going through those details, I want to talk about what you think about this whole thing. First Reaction. of all, you like it, you don't like it. Look, I, I dig it okay. 100% because it gets us one step closer to playing Nebraska every year. Mm-hmm. I know you talked to Rick about that mm-hmm. yesterday when you were up there, and they were they beat around the bush kind of with did. the answer. But you could tell that it's – you could tell that it just in his eyes, I guarantee you, when he said – when you said Nebraska, his eyes lit up because that's what happens when you – talk about them mm-hmm. around us that's why i just put my sunglasses on so <laughs> look i i dig it and i think it's one step closer to something we were talking about earlier that we'll get into in a minute with conference expansion mm-hmm. and what happens with the big 12 i'm not saying it's writing on the wall it's more of an idea but if you don't think it can happen you're absolutely nuts it could happen in two seconds because sure. Oklahoma and texas are gone and that's the way you have to look at it so i i like the alliance I like the way it's been set up. I think that it's, you know, it's kind of shitty for the smaller schools because you're not going to see mm-hmm. this. This is the kind of stuff that pushes CU, CSU out. Mm-hmm. You're going to play it because it's scheduled. I get that. But down 10 years from now, that's going to be a game where you go, if you're in the room in Boulder, you're going to go, okay, unless the Big 12 sticks around and they somehow get in it, which is a fart and a stiff wind at this <laughs> point, bro. Um I think that you look at that game and go, I'd rather play 
uh, Big Ten school. I'd rather play Michigan State than CSU. And you would. Why wouldn't you? You want to play the best competition possible. So I like, I like it, and I like it more. Look, Henry, if they're going to do the cross-conference rivalry games, mm-hmm. if they're sitting in that room and there's Pac-10 or Pac-16, Big 16, AC-16, whatever, mm-hmm. okay? Because that's where it's going, and we'll yep. tell you how in a second. If that's what they're going to preach and they're going to say it's going to be rivalry-based and yada, 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 what I read in that message. And yep. that's really that really popped out at me. It did. Old rivalries because with conference realignment, you lose a lot of that. Pitt and Penn State, they play every year. That's ACC Big Ten. Mm-hmm. That should happen. 100%. Nebraska-Colorado, that needs to happen every year. They sep- they're separated by 700 miles. There is 100 years of hatred, and they can reignite that with now games – in 100-degree weather instead of 4-degree weather. Yep. And people will buy into it big time. And if you don't think like that, then you obviously haven't been to the last two games I've been to. So Did you make the trip out to Nebraska? Oh, you're a damn skippy dog. I don't, what miss, a I don't miss those games. I, I know Come you. on, dude. Come on. I live for that. That's why I went there. I went there to play them and beat them. So and That's it, what happened. That's, that's what we did. Uh, and I'm proud of the fact that I'm the only defensive starter. I played there for five years. I redshirted one of the years in medical and broke my leg. And we beat them three of the five, and I'm damn proud of that. So, you know, it's it's kind of changing of the guard there at that point, too. I was on a team that held them out of their, the only bowl game they didn't make in 40-some-odd years. <laughs> and we got to walk off that field, and they were dead silent, knowing their season's over and they're not going mm-hmm. to a bowl game for the first time in 47 years. It was a great feeling, to say the least. If you can get that back <laughs> with this, I'm in. Yeah. And now, I, I have the quote here. Let, let me pull there, this up. There it is. So in, in the press release announcing all of this, there was one line that did stand out. The football scheduling alliance will feature additional attractive matchups across the three conferences while continuing to honor historic rivalries and the best traditions of college football. Boom. And I think that this is pretty simple because the, the whole point and what they keep saying over and over again, the commissioners, the, the school presidents, Rick George yesterday, was that the point of the alliance is to do what's best for college sports and college athletes and college football. The best thing that Colorado can do for college football is play Nebraska. I agree. Absolutely. It's better it when really that game's that on. Absolutely. When that game's on, it's better. When you Look, the day after Thanksgiving when you knew you were getting mm-hmm. A&M in Texas and you knew you were getting Nebraska-Colorado, yep. that was a mainstay for 20 years. Yeah. And it, both of them are gone. And you know, hopefully they reignite. I mean, that is going to reignite in conference now, which Texas, Texas A&M, which I'm pumped for. Yep. That'll be great. So, look, if – the Big 12 survives, and the eight remaining members can poach Cincinnati and Memphis and UCF and SMU and CSU and San Diego State and Boise and all these schools yep. that want those spots, then okay, go to five 16-team team, 16 conferences and let's roll. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think so either. I don't think they have trust in eight markets to support a major conference. Yep. They might end up like the ACC – but I don't think the eight remaining members view themselves as ACC schools, so they're not just going to sit back. So this is my suggestion. With the alliance talk here, and you're talking about the Big Ten, the ACC, and the, and the Pac-16, or the Pac-12. I'm getting ahead of 12 myself. 12 now, yeah. This directly plays into how they're thinking if you go by that quote as fact. And why wouldn't they be honest with us? There's nothing sure. to hide. So the eight remaining members of the Big 12 – Iowa and Kansas go to the Big Ten right now. That puts them at 16. They have natural rivals with Nebraska in that conference. A lot of history. Bam. You take Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, and TCU, and you put them in the Pac-16. Okay. And TCU's in Dallas-Fort Worth, major market. Yep. Texas Tech is a Big 12 school. Oklahoma great State's Big 12 school. Great recruiting. You got, you're into Texas. Texas is into California. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Kansas State, Oklahoma State come along. Two quality football programs, quality basketball programs, academic plays, blah, blah, blah. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, State, great State, golf team. Great golf. There you, you know, go. I'm not, not a huge cares. golfer, but I'm in. <laughs> those, those places carry. They sell out. Uh-huh. People care about their teams. You can't just drop them into the AAC. They're not. The Southwest Conference isn't dissolving right now. It is kind of, but it's also not. These schools carry a lot more weight than when that happened. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, you, you had to be invited. And maybe they will extend invitation, but right, if I was those schools, I'd be pushing. 
If I was West Virginia and Baylor, I'd be pushing to get into the ACC. So the ACC has a foothold in, you know, mm-hmm. super Baptist-ass Waco, Texas. Yep. And they have West Virginia back, and they can play Pittsburgh and all those old rivalries. So if they're going to sit here and the ACC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to preach at us that they're going to come together to build this alliance, and they want to play games that used to mean something to people when they were in other conferences, because that's what they're talking about. This, it doesn't make sense not to do that. So if they haven't had this conversation, I'm right down the street, bro. (laughs) I can help. I'm not kidding. Like this, if this conversation is not being had, you have to sit in the room and question who's making the decisions at that point. (laughs) Because if I think it's writing on the goddamn wall, honestly. Yeah. And, and I think the, the, the big question is, how much does adding those four teams help the Pac-12 in terms of the per-team revenue payout? How could it hurt? And that's kind of where I'm at. You're and, just and, expanding. You're getting four quality programs. Yep, they're solid. And, and, and then a non-conference game, Oklahoma State-Cal, is a national draw ABC game. So why wouldn't it be mm-hmm. a national draw ABC conference game? Yeah, and, and one of the things that uh, Rick George pointed out yesterday, just kind of in passing, was that this is going to get all these teams into all four time zones. Thank God. Yeah, it just makes sense. And, and he, so obviously, that's an like even the recruiting bigger reason factors, to do it. Getting them on TV for national awards. You know, Nate Landman's going to be trying to pick up a butt kiss this year. And sure a would great, help a if great, he was playing where people are going to watch. A great schedule helps that. For sure. I mean, sure. look, man, I, I prided myself in going to see you at a time, and it's mm-hmm. always really been like this. I don't really remember a year where we played some slapdick schedule. Mm-hmm. The worst team we ever played was a 10-win North Texas team that won their conference the year before. That was the worst team we ever played. We mopped them in Folsom. Other than that, we were we our openers were UCLA, Washington State, Florida State. Mm-hmm. You know, like every year was a dogfight, and if you didn't show up in the non-conference, you got beat. Mm-hmm. At USC, Washington, it was already the the seeds for the Pac-12 move was already being sowed. We didn't even know it. They were playing all those Pac-12 yep. teams. So I just think this makes sense, man. There's a lot of history. You got Colorado in that conference. They have the history with those teams already with Oklahoma State and and uh, Kansas State being old Big 8 members. And Texas Tech was a Southwest Conference. And TCU got into the ball game at the right time. Yep. They, you know, they went from Southwest Conference to the Mountain West. So you want to talk about how shitty it can get. Ask them. They know. They were in football Neverland for 20 yeah. years. So – if they're going to stand in a major comp, this doesn't make sense not to do, Henry. I agree. In any way, shape, or form. And if CU is not going to move to the Big Ten and all these speculative reports are just reports, if we get a chance to play quality teams every year and maybe they expand college football by a game, if you're going to play a 12-team 12, a 12 season or a 12-team tournament at the end of the year, you might want to think about making everybody play 14 games. Yeah. And look. And, and that's something I brought up yesterday. Why wouldn't you? Because right now it makes sense. Do it. When it's you're more trying revenue. to start this alliance, you're trying to schedule more of these interconference games. Play more with the games. Alliance, add one more game, and you can start doing it right now look, instead of 2028 20, when you have open dates. And I'm going to sit here in the in the, the idiot that's listening, and they're like, oh, you can't play more games. They're in the college kids. How are they going to do it? <laughs> We're not there for college, dog. I'm not going to Drake. Uh-huh. I'm not on an academic and, and you, sc- Like, What are we talking about? If you go to Drake. In you, FCS school, well, guess what? There's you a 20, get an extra game. There's a 24 team playoff. <laughs> exactly. There's, there's, there's and you get games. you get five more games. So yeah. so that kind of that whole argument is dumb. And it, it's mm-hmm. look, they want to play more games. The kids want to mm-hmm. play as much as possible. You don't have guaranteed dollars in the NFL. Far from it. I don't give a shit how good you are. I don't yep. give a fuck if you're the best college player to walk through the door every single week you could get missed in the nfl and work at kinko's yep. dog it's and, and what it, it's how it is the way that college football works now you know every time that carl durrell says you know this the season's a marathon it's not a sprint it's like i mean yeah it's, it's a grind there's yeah, a lot but it's going only on three months it's, it's the shortest season there is in sports yeah. nfl the nfl is a damn grind that's that a grind. that's a oh my god july to january or february mm-hmm. you know run and then you get like 90 days to catch your breath and you're right back into that shit yep college football is something that you miss when you're done the nfl is something you're glad you're done doing when it's over <laughs> period <laughs> so look man i i think they should play more games i think it'll just open up more opportunity to play more teams that have more fan bases that can travel and look 
This is the other argument that I think is so played out, and I'm glad you brought up the time zone thing. This, like, <clears throat> we're not on the Oregon Trail, dog. We're not in a, a covered wagon going to Oklahoma State uh-huh. to watch a football game. We uh-huh. don't have to leave a week before. I'm not on mm-hmm. horseback. Yep. Okay, that's on Netflix. For real, dog. And I'm, I, I own a ranch in northern Colorado, and it's still in Netflix, on Netflix for me. You could do it. I could you, ride a horse to Oklahoma if could, I want. Yeah. I could go saddle a goddamn horse and ride it. But I'm not. <laughs> I take a plane. A strong horse. Just like I'm flying to Vegas on Sunday morning to open the NFL season, and I'm staying for the Monday night game and coming home and going back to work. I might be a little – Tuesday might be fun. You never know. But I, <laughs> I'm going to work. You know what I'm uh-huh. saying? Like, it's easy to get places. They charter jets. They got budgets. They feed the kids. They mm-hmm. stay, in, stay in five-star hotels mm-hmm. and shit. So this, like, oh, my God, how are they going to travel yep. and do their Spanish homework shit is just hilarity to me. Yeah. It's hilarity to me. And to play devil's advocate, the, the tough part is justifying those costs when it comes to the, the tennis team or the golf team. Cut them. There you go. Or I'm just so, start look, an alliance so that they play in conference and the football team goes And they make more the money. There you go. So, look, I'm not saying that to be just a meathead football player, but we pay for everything. It's true. So – I'm not going to sit here and act like we don't. It look, it's very it's very similar to like when you're if you're getting divorced and I know all about that. Yeah. So at some thing. point you got to look at no, it's happening. Yep. At some point you got to look at everything and go cut it. And that's what they're going to do eventually in college uh-huh. sports, you know what I'm saying? They have to. Mm-hmm. It's a money the longer we sit around and act like this isn't money motivated, mm-hmm. the more naive we sound. So Here's the questions. Will they make more money playing Kansas basketball against UCLA Big Ten Pac-16 Pac-16 Big 16 tournament? Absolutely. Will that draw? Absolutely. Okay. Well, and the other thing with the alliance is that now, you know, the, the schedules are better because Ohio State isn't just picking all these games out themselves. Ohio State isn't going into the season Troy saying, State and shit. guess what? We get exactly. to play one FCS team. We'll play two group of five teams. Then we just need to not screw up during the, the conference schedule. And we're a playoff team. Like, look. Now they are forced to play a couple of more power And they could teams. lose two games and not Head get in. to Pullman. It's incredible. And man, look, the, thing that, the only thing about college football that really bothers me is the fact that if you want to show you, like the University of Colorado, one thing Bill McCartney did when he came in, and it translated all the way through New Highland, Gary Barnett, that was the era that I played in, mm-hmm. was they made a point to schedule the very best competition to put Colorado on a level of other schools, and it worked. Once you get to that level, if you consistently play a bunch of bitch-ass no-show schools, and that's your non-conference, mm-hmm. you have no balls. And when I see schools like the SEC schools that play in November when McNeese State goes to Alabama, that is the most gutless, ballless game in the history of sports. At the same time, though, if you're Alabama's athletic director, are you actually scheduling a Power 5 opponent? If you have any of- balls. That this Make is the easy but path, though. I, and see, that's just like a reporter. <laughs> I don't want the easy path, bro. I want to play the. Uh-huh. I want to play the best. I don't. Mm-hmm. How do you get up for McNeese State if you're Alabama? I don't see how that helps. How does it help you? And as a coach, as a coach that works with players every okay. day, and and this is, I'm going to just turn this full circle on you. See where I'm taking mm-hmm. this? State of Colorado high school football. Yep. Okay. It makes no sense for Valor to just play a bunch of bullshit 5A teams that they're going to crush. Yep. They have to schedule big boys so they show they can play. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they play scrubs and sometimes they don't. But one of the biggest problems with the state of Colorado is the quality programs don't all play each other. So the competition level is fucked up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which means that you can come to 6 0, and this is a shameless plug, but it's also true, and you play against the best players in the state that you never get to see from 5A to 1A. From Miles Sprague and Holyoke, who's a three-star athlete, to Ramos at Arapaho at five at five A to, and and they're a good school, not a great one. Mm-hmm. To Luke Meyer at Valor, who we're sending to Air Force, to Miller at Eagle Crest. They're five A's. They're going to see each other, but they're not going to see Miles unless you go to the gym. Yep. So my place is like the alliance idea for high school football. Everybody get together and let's see what we can see, and I guarantee you it'll be good. I don't see how mixing quality with quality is ever a bad thing. It's never happened. Yeah. Like, yeah. Unless, like, 
I don't know, I'm sure there's a circumstance where something good got put with something good and it sucked. Like, but it sucked in the finals. Like when the Lakers super team, they sucked in the finals and lost to the Pistons. It's true. It, it doesn't just suck and you just suck. It's rare. You yeah. usually suck at like a paramount moment. And that that as an athlete, we look at that differently than like the failure of losing a Super Bowl. I would look at it like I played in the Super Bowl. Like that shit was dope. Even though we lost on a field goal, it broke my heart. I wish I had a ring, but I played in the Super Bowl. Did you play in the Super Bowl? I didn't. I'm not saying I did. I I'm didn't. saying that's how we think. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I don't know, man. This entire situation, money motivated, knowing the way football thinks and it drives all this. There's a lot of money sitting right there. Yeah. And the SEC is either going to go get it and go to 20 schools and, like, pluck Clemson and Florida State from the ACC and be like, hey, college football, come over here and look at my balls because that's essentially what it says to everyone. We just took the two best schools in that conference, too. You can say whatever you want about Florida State recently, but historically. Yep. And you have reason to believe they'll get back there. It's They're, Florida State. And Mike Norvell's the shit. I know him personally. Okay. He's a great coach. I think that they will be back. They're gonna. I think they're a ten win team this year. They're probably a top ten team at some point. Miami's going to be really good too. ACC is going to be deep. Clemson is the class. That yep. guy's that that quarterback's the number one pick. Calling it already, man. I, he is. And look, dude. I'm just saying, if we got to go scorched earth in Denver to get him, maybe it's time. Um, I don't. I don't disagree. So I don't disagree. I think this is only good. Mm-hmm. For college football, I think it's only good for CU because they already play Murderer's Row every year. Yep. I mean, ninth toughest schedule in the look country at this, this year's year. schedule. Hardest in the Pac-12. They're going to mop UNC. They will. They'll mop UNC, and they should. And I want to. I can't wait to see Ed and the guys that I yep. put up to UNC. Best of luck. But it, you're in Folsom. Lock the gate. Mop their ass. Mm-hmm. But A&M and Minnesota are not pushovers. Minnesota is a really, really good team. They're coming off a ten-win season where they. Beat Wisconsin for the first time in forever. I'm not talking about last year's COVID bullshit. They struggled last year. Bro, who didn't? Colorado. Alabama? (laughs) Colorado didn't. So you look at last year's Colorado team as excelling? I do. I think they were good. I think we we were good circumstantially. Again. In what way? We didn't play Arizona State or SC. That's fair. We got overlooked for the Pac-12 title game for a reason. But there's other stuff you look at. A you know, reason. Being able to run against Stanford, I, being look, able to move I, those guys. I'm very – I was happier than a pig in shit every time they did all these things. <laughs> I was bouncing off the walls. I'm, uh-huh. I, you know how I feel about this. I'm just looking at it like, look, <clears throat> I know Carl Durrell. I know Coach Wilson very well. A lot of There's a lot of new voices but Lamman's back, and the core of that team is back. Mm-hmm. Core of that team's back, period. Mm-hmm. Wells is back. They are in a position right now that I'm not just saying this is very similar to the position that I felt like we were in in 2000 where we were we were 3-8 and eight in 2000. Mm-hmm. But we lost, I think, six of the eight games by a, a combined 10 points. And the entire team came back pretty much in 2001, and we won the Big 12. I think they have that kind of talent in Boulder. I really do. I do, too. And I don't think it needs to be quarterback-driven in order to do it, even though I think he's good. My only fear is that they're, they haven't learned from three straight five and seven seasons. Because if they actually sit back and rest on and look at what they did, not the way we felt. Mm-hmm. Look at what they did. They beat Stanford. It's a good win. Mm-hmm. That's a great win. It would have been a good win without COVID. It's a good win. Yep. Going to that hellhole at the farm where no one's there, no one gives a shit in the middle of a I pandemic. I think they filled that stadium with trees. It's terrible. Remember bro. that? It's awful. Trees but even I was there the year before <laughs> when they played Arizona. I watched my guys play, and there was no one there. Absolutely Sad. nobody there, bro, for a college football that's game. That's true for like it was half disgusting. Of the Pac-12. It was disgusting. They have those struggles. <clears throat> well, that's because it's California and no one gives a shit. Mm-hmm. And that's cool, man. But uh, I'm saying this. How do I go full circle with this full situation here that I got myself into? You did get yourself into a situation. Help me out of it, Henry. You're thinking hard. You're thinking hard. So so which which of those games do you look at and say, I, I don't think that that was a win that really impressed me? Uh, no, they were all impressive. 
I, I'm not saying they weren't impressive. It's just that they didn't play tougher teams. I I wish I could make a determination based on a, a schedule Fair. that was had USC and Arizona State in it. Yep. That's all I'm saying. Like I just I wish I could have because I can't sit here and say that I'm not going to see the same five and seven team that shits down their leg every time they have a chance to be bowl eligible. Yep. That's all I'm saying. And I'm sorry that I can't be pessimistic about this while I'm being optimistic. <laughs> I can do both. I can feel good about everything uh-huh. and still see the warts. Mm-hmm. Because, again, if we were playing the 119th schedule, I'd feel pretty good that we were going bowling. But we're playing the ninth-ranked schedule, and yep. if, if they don't do things correctly, a, a Friday night beatdown of a team that's not – of your caliber that's going to make people feel really good can be covered up very quickly by a really, really good SEC West team and a really good Big Ten team that can just come in and shit stomp you on national TV. And then the season doesn't have the same – like they have to come out and play well. They do. And it makes me nervous. That's all I'm saying. And if I lose my train of thought, it's because I'm sitting here trying to think about how – how they can pull all this off when we overanalyze it at the rate that we do. Because the more I think about it, the more I'm talking myself out of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. I can't help it. Next week. Next week we get to actually see the team, and that's when we'll really dig in to – I mean, I don't even know that we can talk about, like, expectations for the Northern Colorado game next week because I think we have the same expectation that they well, win by a bunch of points. What's what's – what do you need to see Not from acceptable. What do you need to see from the running backs? What do you need? And we'll get into that next week. Start start thinking. God. Just to wrap up this alliance talk, though, um, bring it back to Nebraska. You know, you, you, you mentioned that Rick George kind of beat around the bush, and he did beat around the bush when talking about Nebraska. He left one hint in this quote, though. Uh, so when I asked him, you know, is, is this something where you think this is going to lead to more games against Nebraska? He said, it's too early for us to have those discussions on who we play more often, but we certainly like our tradition and rivalry that we have there. I think one thing this alliance will do is, one, we'll protect those historical rivalries, but at the same time we will probably create some rivalries as we move forward. And then this, it's really an incredible opportunity for us to really put some great marquee games out there every year maybe to start the season, finish the season, mid-season. But, again, we'll look at that as we start moving forward. So, you imagine what do you mean finish the season? Maybe finish the season with Nebraska, an alliance game. Wouldn't that be fun? That's, e- that's even better. It makes – well, it, it's good if we're good. It is good if you're good. The only, the only benefit of playing it in the, pre- in the you know, preseason, you could say yep. – it's not really the preseason in college football, but in the non-conference season, is the fact that they're probably one and one or two and zero oh when you play them, and so are you. Yep. So there's there's still that hope. So look again, I would love that. I would lo- I would love to play CSU at Thanksgiving if we're going to play them. Yeah. Like if they can figure out a way to get in a big boy conference and we can we play on the same level field you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. i love it when cu and csu try and compare like records and they're like we won six <laughs> games i'm like dog you played yep. utah state for homecoming and you look what are you at the last about? few years and yeah. colorado still had better records <laughs> like, <laughs> you played unlv what are you talking about so it's if they can get into a big boy conference it makes sense because that's when everybody's home and that's mm-hmm. again tradition drives college football and so does yep. holidays so yep would you prefer that i would I think that are we putting too much on the Nebraska game? I don't think so. I I think we both agree. Like that is the best thing that can happen with Colorado football. Is Colorado plays Nebraska? Is that the the best thing for them these days? Um, I mean, you can talk about what it means competitively. Are they they going to lose that game? They need it. But I think uh, I think it just makes sense. Bring that rivalry back. I guess the other question: Who else? Do you think historic rivalries applies to when it comes to this alliance? Michigan? Cross? Cross cross conference with Colorado. Well, just games that you've played in the past against those schools. You know, we've played Anybody Wisconsin a couple out? of times. We've played Michigan a couple of times. Mm-hmm. We've gone to the shoe once on just like one of those like mm-hmm. fly of the seat. We're just going to schedule the game. And they went there and got beat down. Um, there's, n- there's not a lot. There's a chance to build a lot of, of mm-hmm. tradition. There's been a lot of... Look, there's a lot of original Pac-10, Big Ten tradition because they played in the Rose Bowl for yep. 100 years against each other. 
So that is more, I think, what they're talking about so there. Too. We're just talking about the old Big 12 rivalry of Colorado and Nebraska because it yep. happens to be – it's like icing for them. They can sit, sit there and go, look, USC and Michigan have played in the Rose Bowl, whatever, ten <laughs> times, and now we're going to play them non-conference, home and home. Every other year. Every other two year. Two on, two off. Yeah, they're going to play – this. every time you go to USC, you know you're going to be able to play Michigan at least once. Yep. So that just drives it, right? It'd be incredible. Now and they can just icing on it and be like, oh, okay. Well, Colorado and Nebraska just – actually despise each other so Go do we're going to make this thing work so you guys play each other every year you guys play each other every year and yep. it's done i agree i agree um in terms of like potential new rivalries that could come from this because that's the other thing rick george brought up is they think there could be new rivalries who do you want to play michigan state comes to mind oh that would be fun huh wouldn't it that would be fun need, need mel tucker to still be there when the first game happens no you don't you you still th- i It'd be different without it. It would, it would be more fun to beat them. Yep. But you don't necessarily need them there to hate the the okay. uniform. But I don't think he's going anywhere. They paid that man a lot of money. so And he's at the job he wanted to be at. Yep. I will give him that. And that's from the horse's mouth. Look, I didn't really want to leave CU, but this is my dream job. And if I'm him and they throw, what, they throw $40 million at him? Something like that, yeah. Deuces. It's a long contract. Deuces, bro. I'm out. Throw $40 million at me for my dream job, and your feelings <laughs> at my old job will cease to exist. So, yes, that would be fun. I'd like to see uh, – I'd love to see, you know, Colorado play Ohio State regularly. I'd love to yep. see them play Illinois. I just – I don't care as long as it's a major conference game. Yeah. There's not – look, I'm excited about Colorado, Northern Colorado. I'm pumped because it's the opener, and there was a – pandemic last year and i didn't get to go to Folsom for the first time in i don't know how many years but since i was playing in the nfl that was the only break in my life where i wasn't there on saturday at least once did you grow up a cu fan yeah okay i moved here when i was 10 from santa cruz okay and like my first memory is watching them win the national title or lose the national title actually and then win the next year okay and i wanted to play there my whole life so we used to sneak in before they built that award and sit in the old you know what northern stands and whatnot and then we started you know i started getting recruited by them so i wanted to play there forever and it's last year was the first time i couldn't go when i could go i guess because i when i'm playing in the league i can't like unless it's a bye week and they line up and that only happened once so yeah Okay, well, uh, we're hanging out here in the DMVR bar, having the time of our lives, and that's where you guys should all be for your fantasy draft. If you guys schedule your fantasy draft at the DMVR bar, you can get two free pitchers of beer. It's a great deal. One's a Breckenridge beer of your choice. The other one's a draft beer of your choice. All you got to do, email gm at thedmvrbar.com. That's gm at thedmvrbar.com. Or just give them a call after 3 p.m. when they open and get that set up. Uh, If you're not a member, now's the time to join. The Camp 2021 promo code is still in effect, and it gives you a $60 gift card to the DMVR locker. Uh, You can use that on all sorts of different stuff. I would recommend saving about 30 bucks so that you could pick up a Nate Landman shirt that's going to be on the way here in a couple weeks. Yo, I saw the the schematics and whatnot. They're dope. They're dope. Okay. He, I, I, okay. I know Nate personally, and he's going to like it. I know that. I bet They're dope, dude. They're dope. Make sure that you get that shirt, and uh, you'll love it. You know what I think Trust is Matt. dope? What do you think is dope? Nate Lamon is about to get paid for for his jersey and his T-shirt. That that shit right As there, dog. That is dope. It is dope. Like I, I don't, I don't, I don't think people in here understand. Well, maybe they mm-hmm. do, maybe they don't. I don't know. I haven't asked. <laughs> but I hope everybody understands the significance of what's happening over there. And yep. it's not just like some college football but getting play, getting paid. I played there for five years, and we played. We won some big games, and I got a fake ass ring and a piece of paper with my name on it did you guys talk about not being able to do that stuff at the are time are you kidding me all we talk about is the fact that we can't earn during our earning huh. potential period in yeah. the united states of america do you think it's something we talked about yeah it's huge it's a massive fucking problem yeah the fact that you limit and restrict college athletes on their name and likeness because the fucking corrupt ass ncaa mm-hmm. allows that to happen and yep. they just want every they want me to like demonize terrell Pryor for selling his fake ass championship ring that he's got five of because they win the championship every year (laughs) and you want me to demonize that kid and he's trading it for tattoos and like 
because he can't afford to get his own tattoos and he's Terrell fucking Pryor. Yep. I mean, come on, man. It doesn't it's make just, sense. It doesn't make sense. When you see your jersey at the bookstore and you can't make money off your own name, are you really in the United States of America? And that's, that's all I'm saying. So I think the significance of this and the fact that DNVR mm-hmm. is steamlining it. And 6-0 did too. We have four guys signed NIL that I send checks to. And it's yeah. the best check I write every, I every month. Jake Wiley, Casey Roddick, Drake Nugent, Bear Miller, Stanford, Colorado. My guys get checks from me. Your guys that are signed up at DMVR, they get checks from you. That fucking means something, bro. It means something. It does. So it's it's not surprising that this place is at the front of the push with it either because that's what we do. That's what that's we what, do. That's what we do. So support us and support Nate yes. by picking up that shirt. We split the profits. The McBride shirt, too, is dope. And the McBride shirt. I mean, we'll, we'll yeah. throw a little love to the sheep. Ba ba sheep. many of these listeners Look, to do dog. It, but. Yeah, but the sheep sheep got money, too. You know what I'm saying? Ba ba. And um, that McBride shirt's dope. And he's a good kid. He's the number one tight end in the country for a reason. Yep. All right. Uh, also, Breckenridge Brewery. We mentioned you can get a free pitcher of the beer. You can also just come down here and drink those beers whenever you want. Recommend the Strawberry Sky. It's because I uh, I like my fruity beers. Um, they do. They make so oh, much. Henry. <laughs> they make so much of what we do here possible, <laughs> uh, including a tailgate this Sunday for the CU soccer game against number one Florida State. It's nice. gonna be a great time. Game starts at eleven thirty. That's gonna the be kind of football game you're gonna get with the Alliance. Exactly. Number one team in the country. It's gonna be incredible. They actually played. They played two years ago, the last full season, and at that time, at Florida State was, I think, number six in the country, so not number one, but the Buffs went down to Tallahassee. There were uh, seven cards in that game. I'm not sure if you're a soccer guy. It's a lot of cards for a soccer game, and Florida State won 3-2 in overtime. So there's uh, so there's some bad blood. There's some real bad blood. That's and on good. top of that, the... Uh, so how many of you are going to like roll over and fake an injury? That's the thing. That's men's soccer. That's men's soccer. I'm joking, That's men's bro. soccer. Oh, touche. Yeah, the yep. girls don't do that. They don't do no, that. No, they don't play that shit. No, they don't get away with that. It's women's soccer? It is. Oh, they don't play that shit. No, they don't. No, no. They do way, not way tougher, all. bro. Way tougher. But, yeah, that's going to be a great time. They also – so, the, the basically, the Heisman for soccer, uh, Florida State has the girl who won it last year. She's from here. She's from Colorado. And so how, there's like how'd they get her? Storyline. I know. Can't let them out of state. That's a topic for another podcast, though. But so yeah, they, Breckenridge makes it possible for us to do stuff like that. Again, it's Sunday morning at 930. We'll be drinking free beer. Come drink with us. Um, Sunday morning. Yeah. What else would you be doing on Sunday morning? Um, it's a good time, though. Uh, Breckenridge, check out all their stuff. Go down to the farmhouse. Uh, they have great food down there. You can order ahead and pick it up. They still have the curbside delivery. Um, and also get in on uh, the uh, skate pod trailer that they're giving away. It's worth a whole bunch of money, and that's a cool thing. Uh, also, one more. Ball, as in like ball arena mm. and like uh, ball aerospace. M- most cans come, they're like ball cans. Largest aluminum can producer in, the, I think, the world. They made 101 billion cans two years ago. That's a lot. Isn't that a lot of cans? That's a lot of cans. Wrap your head around that, Matt. That's too many for me to wrap. It's a, it's a lot of cans. I'm not doing that shit. Uh, they do a whole bunch of incredible stuff. They, the sustainability, uh, aluminum is a very sustainable material, uh, and that, that's important to them. They're also hiring for their plant in Golden. And, uh, again, a whole bunch of great reviews. You can look into that. The human rights campaign gave them, like, a 100% probably like a really good job. Thing. It probably is. Um, and you can get more information if you text GOLDEN to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. All right. Um, let's move on to some of this buff stuff. So I have a question for you. Carl Durrell from the NFL. Spent a lot of time there. A lot of his staff, NFL guys. Right. We talked about this a little bit last week, but my question is when you have – when your options are have like a college staff, kind of that raw, raw, fire up, hate the rivals, traditional type of approach versus the more professional, we expect you to do what you do. We don't want to be babysitting. That sort of, you know, professional approach. Do you get concerned about that when it comes to these coaches who come from the NFL coaching college athletes? Uh, do I get, con- well, yeah, I'm concerned about college athletes, period. Okay. Because, you know, it's the first time you're really given freedom. 
mm-hmm. and people are just like, "Hey, deal with it," and they're like, "Fucking party," you know? It's a it's college. Um, so you're going to have instances, but look, man, you're going to have big problems in the NFL. You're going to have like weapons charges and yep. Nate Newton transporting 900 pounds of weed and shit like that. Yep. So in the in college football, you're going to get. Vontae Chenault had a DUI. Yeah, you're going to get dumb shit. Mm-hmm. You're going to get dumb kid shit that you get to teach off of. And the immature guys will run and transfer and quit. Mm-hmm. And the mature guys, and I'm one of them because Coach Wilson essentially disciplined me through college, and that's how I got through. Coach Barnett always says I, I didn't graduate. I was reformed. And <laughs> I was like, thanks, Coach. You're the man. Uh, so... <clears throat> And I, I, I can't say I disagree with them. I think that that's kind of what college is. You have to expect that if you're a college coach, you're dealing with kids mm-hmm. to a certain point. You're, you're a kid when you fuck up two or three times. Mm-hmm. You're not a kid after you mess up 15 times. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question is, can Carl Durrell coach a young team? I hope he can because they're – they're young at quarterback. They're not young anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And my question to all the players would be simple. And this is one thing I wish they would have done with me sooner because they didn't tell me till I was a junior. Mm-hmm. Coach Wilson walked up to me in the locker room before my junior year and said, if you don't stop all this bullshit, you're never going to play on Sunday. You're already hurting yourself. And it was the first time I ever heard it. I wish they would have told me sooner because mm-hmm. I listened. Because now you're fucking with my money, and that's why I play football. Mm-hmm. So the re- I would walk into the room, and I would just essentially put everybody's draft grade on the big screen. I say, this isn't what I think. This is what they think. <laughs> so I don't know any of you in here that don't want to play in the NFL. And if you tell me you want to just come here and be a philosophy major, you're full of shit. You can be that mm-hmm. and go play in the NFL. So don't tell me you can't. So if we're sitting here talking about maximizing and winning games because they're not sitting here drafting players from teams that go 3-8 and eight and shit. Yep. We're talking about winning games and guys going to the NFL. This is very simple. Are you going to jeopardize your name, image, and likeness that you fought so hard to acquire? And guys, for years before you fought so hard to acquire, you're going to jeopardize that for some dumb shit, some dumb college shit that will pass. And listen to the guys in the room that are telling you because this assumption that, like, yes, Coach Wilson didn't tell me to my face, but they tell you broadly. You just have to listen. They're saying the same thing. Go to class. Do your job. Learn how to be responsible. The same, like, grown adult shit that adults do that, like, we don't have a problem doing. Well, that's just how they want the college guys to act. And hopefully now with NIL, it'll force guys to do that because they're not going to sponsor somebody that's a fuck-around guy. So that's my question. If there's 10 NFL draft picks on this roster right now just by preseason, we haven't even yep. played yet, how good can you be if you just don't go out on Thursday night, if you stay home, you have one girlfriend instead of five, mm-hmm. you know, you, you're not putting dumb shit on TikTok, <laughs> you're, you know, and Twitter and shit. Like, you're just – one of the best things that ever happened to me is I didn't have social media when I was playing football. Wow. I didn't even, I, I I didn't even know have a Twitter Matt account. I didn't even have a Twitter account until like four years post-career huh. when I started my business just to Makes connect, sense, yep. right? So, and it, you know, social media has taken its own headway, but I didn't have that shit when I was young. Thank God. And thank God for everyone because I, I don't, I don't know a whole lot of stories that would be like when you, you're a kid, you don't think like that. So I guess my question would be to the coaches, can you still think like a kid? And put yourself in them, their shoes when you discipline them. Mm-hmm. And understanding that reforming someone is better than crushing them mm-hmm. every time. And the kids, can you put yourselves in the shoes of the coaches and act like a goddamn adult for five minutes so we can win some football games and your dumb ass can go make some money? Because yeah. the minute your body starts to give on you, it doesn't matter how nice of a guy you were in college. And if your body doesn't give until year 12 in the league, high five, dog. But if you're going to play more than, like, five years, you're going to be hurt. So you better get something out of it. So if you're there, if you're Nate and Carson and Casey and Jake Wiley and all these other cats up there, Ray Robinson and all these other guys, are you not trying to go get paid? You don't see the kind of money getting thrown around in the league? 
Yeah. So I just wish they would be more honest with why everyone's there instead of just talking about like being good in the community and shit. Like, mm-hmm. okay, yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. No one's saying it's not. It's one day. Give them an incentive. Yeah, it's one day, maybe yep. two days a year when you're giving back to the community, when you're not immersed in what you're doing, just yep. like everybody. Do you know anybody that commits one day a week to charity? I don't know anyone. Ooh, my dad's on the school board. Meetings once a week. There we go. Only you can answer that question. <laughs> okay, so I guess that is that is charity. He is going to yep. do something out of charity. Without so making any money. There you go. That is charity. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> your dad is the shit. Um, <laughs> but most, that's the only dude you could It's name. rare. You're it's not rare. you're not doing that shit, are you? Oh, no. I'm not doing oh, that no. shit. I'm not doing it. No. I got to work and shit. I'm so football. So like, yeah, we got we got <laughs> a job. We got sports to watch. So it, it's it's important that the kids understand what they're doing this for. That's all. Uh-huh. And I just I would think at this point with the kind of talent they have there, the talent sets the table. So there can be predictions about four and a half wins. Mm-hmm. I took the over on that as Me fast too. as I could put a thousand dollars on it. Mm-hmm. I don't have quite that much money, but well, the, same concept. I do, and I did. <laughs> so it's I'm telling you, like it's to sit there and think that they don't know is naive. And personally, I know they know mm-hmm. because I know at least half of them personally, yeah. and have talked with multiple, like a multitude of them, one on one about what their goals are and how they can achieve it and shit. So. I would anticipate that Carl Durrell is in the best possible position of his career. Look, being a, a hop around assistant is cool. You got a badass job. Yep. You can't really complain about being an NFL coach or a college coach. But he did bounce. I mean, bring up Durrell's coaching. Oh, it was every career. two, three years. He bounced everywhere for that's a while. That's just the way it works. That's, he, how, that's what an NFL wide receivers coach does. That's what it is. So after, but after he got fired from UCLA, which I'm sure he wanted to stay there for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Why would you not want to stay at your alma mater? Yeah. And he, look, he did a great job there. They Went were to ten, a bowl game every year. They were 10 year. over 500 when the time he got fired. And, you know, they just they happened to be in the same era as USC at that time. So their success is overlooked by SC winning national titles. And he hopped around. but And that's a cool job. You're making dough and, like, living nice and whatnot. But it's still – it's you don't have any, like, roots anywhere. And if he can plant roots here, it starts with – being able to control his football team in a manner that, look, to assume that everybody's going to keep their nose clean all the time is the most naive shit I've ever heard. And honestly, I don't want that. I don't want a room full of choir boys. I want to reform 90% of my players. 90? Yeah, It's a big number. Even if they're from Cherry Creek. Because if you're not a mean son of a bitch, I don't want you. And I'm not talking about like being mean to like a bully in high school. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about this is what I'm talking about. Connor Jones, who's at Palmer Ridge right now and is a 4-0 student and a leader in his community and does everything a high school can a kid can do well, well. And he's committed to Michigan. And he is a you put pads on him and he turns into a mean son of a bitch. That's what I'm talking about. And if they can develop that there, which is what they used to do. For many years, they had a fine-tooth comb on how to take a kid that would not go to CU without football and turn them into a functioning member of the community regardless of how many, you know, quote-unquote warts they have. And I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're looking for. The, what Coach Hawkins tried to do was this. Coach Hawk tried to do just this. I, don't, I want to recruit the good student-athlete that's going to represent this place at the highest standard possible that can't play a fucking lick. And he got some. He got a couple good plays. He got got some guys. I'm not saying that that Mm -hmm. era was bad other than what we saw on the field. There were some good players. Jimmy Smith's a hell of a pro. Bakhtiari's a hell of a pro. Nate Salter can play. Yes, there are exceptions. But to say that he was out recruiting aggressively and getting the right people in the door and then – Honing all of that while he was talking about the fucking flat irons and all the other bullshit yep. that Coach Hawkins spouted is a naive. At the and, same time, like Carl Durrell at this point, bringing in a lot of coaches' sons, bringing in maybe not necessarily as many kids from that background. Or is, is that something that you agree with, first of all? I know that he hasn't brought in a Colorado recruit yet, so you who? might know personally Carl. 
brought in a Col- uh, Colorado recruit to coach? Uh, to 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 play. Well, what what do you mean? Because uh, they oh they have they have one now Travis Jones Travis Jones Travis, Travis Gray Travis Gray oh, he's that's the right. big tackle from six so zero there's yeah, he's there's one now there's one now so but, but before that but what's the question do you do you think that Carl's following that model or is he going after some of the nice guys I I look man you can't tell until you get the kid on campus but again you you want Carl's a nice guy but uh-huh. when you put him in between the lines he wants to beat yeah. your face in that's the difference i'm not saying you've got to be a fucking meathead off the field <laughs> i'm just saying you've got to you've got to be able to turn it on and there's an mm-hmm. on there's guys who love football and there's guys who want to go to college for free this is what mm-hmm. i'm talking about and it's really really hard to classify that with stars and yeah. 247 guys fucking writing articles and i talk to them too i know yep. what it takes to get ranked on that site it takes knowing somebody i know because i call them yep. so it's what it is like i i it's really hard to say that Travis Gray is going to turn into a pro unless they develop him into one. Mm-hmm. So he, when he started with me, he was a 15-year-old timid little kid. And when he's leaving, he's an 18-year-old ass-kicking grown man that will beat your ass <laughs> in an alley. And he's not afraid because he knows he puts hands on people right, he gets mm-hmm. paid. I told him this very young, and it's true. Wait till he goes there and plays. And if they develop him correctly, he will be pushed in that in that way. It's just the way it works. You can't you can't be good at this game at a certain level and not have an instinct in you that is killer. And I'm not talking about war shit. I'm talking about just that athlete instinct, the Mamba mentality, what people talk about all the time. It's consistent. And some people have the athletic ability to actually match that mentally, like Kobe Bryant. And Michael Jordan and shit. And some people are like Michael Beasley, who have all the all the potential in the world but are soft-brained and can't figure it out. And yep. if you're soft-brained and can't figure it out, eventually your athletic ability fades and you can't do it. So when you're talking about development, and he does have a lot of coaches' kids on his staff, I'd say that's more of a trust thing. Huh. He knows he can trust them to yeah. do what he wants. Hawkins was coming from Boise. Darrell's coming from the league, and Darrell's already been here, and he's already been a head coach once. He knows what not to do this time. Yeah, Hawkins got his first job here and just hired a bunch of guys and put his kid at quarterback and was like, hey, I've got a fantasy football team with a bunch of high school kids. They're recruiting way differently. And look, I also think it's unfair to, to compare the time periods from a recruiting standpoint because – Again, recruiting wasn't even close to what it is now. Yeah. You would have had to go find Travis Gray 15 years ago. Now he comes to my place, and three years later he goes Mm -hmm. to see you because I'm not going to – it's because of him, and he's a hell of a player, but it's also because of the push and the development and and the everyday work and marketing, bro. It's about getting eyes on your players. Mm-hmm. That's what we do at Six Zero. That's the whole point. Social media has opened up eyes to every player. So mm-hmm. some kid that's just at some shithole place in Oklahoma that would never be seen, well, now he can get a Twitter account and post some shit, and the people are like, oh, my God, look at this kid. He can, he yep. can go. And all you need is the coach to go, can he play? And the minute they ask that question, it's over. Because yeah. somebody's going to take a chance on you. So it's all about development. And, and this is, goes full circle. I'm glad you asked the question. When I was up there last for junior day, Coach Wilson said to me in his office, college football is going to be about development, not recruiting. If We talked about this with NIL. If they can figure out a way to just start paying their guys through DNVR and 6-0 and Crocs yeah. and whatever else, we don't need to recruit, dog. Yep. We need to have the best package presented to that individual, just like the NFL. So the recruiting thing is going to turn into development and resources. And CU has resources. The, the key is, are you going to hire people to develop people correctly? If you can't develop talent, you will not win football games. So question back to you, Henry. Okay. Do you think they've developed talent? It's a good question. Um, I mean, again, I started, I've covered the team for about two years, so I don't have, like, the widest perspective. You've seen one full season where they were had a ton of talent, went 5-7, and seven, were exactly. nationally, nationally ranked, and then a, an exciting season last year. Do you so. expect to get more out of, or out of LaVisca Chenault than you did? I think so. Do you, do you expect to get more out of Steven Montez than you did? 
It's a tough question, again, because I didn't see what he was when he came in, but he has a big arm. You would think that you could probably do more with that. Um, at the same time, Mustafa Johnson, what, five foot eleven, and he's a force on the defensive line. And I think that you would have to consider that a win, right, in terms of development. Um, yeah. I will say that I think that this current staff – in terms of development, I would choose over the previous staff under Mel Tucker. I think that when you bring in Chris Wilson, um, and, and nothing against the current tight ends coach, but I think Taylor Embry was one of those guys that you look at and say, I, I want him developing these tight ends, and I just don't know as much at this point. Um, so what's more important in your eyes developmentally? What do you as mean? an evaluator, you you in the media you evaluate. So like like in recruiting Men, or? mental or physical. Oh, mental do you or want physical. do you want are you are you building huh. one with the other or are you trying to get big, strong, fast, or are you trying to develop them as men and like because there's a lot of places that build mm -hmm. big, strong, fast, ass kicking, yep. really good dudes with degrees. It's true. I, I have my degree. Like if, yeah. if you go to college for free and you don't get your degree, let me just say this: I went back and got my degree. For free. Huh. I didn't know that. There are many ways to skin this cat. If, if yeah. your excuse, I know a bunch of guys that like didn't get their degrees yet. Come on, dummies. Just go do it, man. It's not that hard. I had to go to, I had to, go to American Sign Language when I was 30. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it was weird In as person? shit. Like with, oh, yeah, every day. Wow. Yeah, with college guys. Wow. Interesting. It was, yeah, hum it was humbling. To answer your question, though, I think that <laughs> well, one of the things Mel Tucker's staff did was essentially just like establish benchmarks. Where it was like, if you're a tight end, we need you to be at least six foot two. We want you to be bigger than that. You need to be at least. And maybe they weren't so big on the weight, but they had like the speed things, uh, all sorts of different ways that they graded out. And I think that maybe having like a very minimum amount of, it's of important. athletic. Talent, it's important. You you can't not have it. Look, you can't not have it. But it, then the mentality what is kind of what I deal pushes with this, things over the edge. I deal with this every day, so I'm glad you answered it like that. It's very important to have that structure because if you don't have a baseline, it's and what are we talking about? If he can't do the job physically, yep. I don't care how much he wants to do it. If he's capable, though, then want to versus it being can, super easy because you run a 4-3. It's the guys who it comes easy to that have the ability. Do they want to be pushed mentally? So there's the fine line. Mm -hmm. Because if you can't relate to them, and I know this because I've got about 500 of them under my thumb that, mm -hmm. that I've helped that are like family to me, that have gone mm -hmm. to college. That's what we've done in 12 years. We had 41 last year alone. In COVID. That's crazy. And not all D1, but who gives a shit? When George Gano when George Gano goes to for $190,000 to a D3 school, that's a fucking ride, bro. That We're is. rolling. So when you look at the measurement stuff, yeah, I agree with that. If you don't have certain length of arms in D1 football, you're going to struggle with the defensive lineman. Yep. If you want to walk on and prove it, that's where it changes. Okay. And yeah. I, I hope that that part of college yep. football never goes away because, for example, Mason Maddox just walked on at CU. Blake Weiner just walked on at CU. Mason and uh, Mason Midget just walked on at CU, all three of them. And they all three are like – they've got – they check a couple boxes, but there's a couple like circumstances where the coaches are like, oh, I don't have to offer him because he doesn't check these other boxes so nobody else is going to just because yep. he's good. And Mason is a monster. I wouldn't be surprised if he's another Mustafa. Mason Maddox? Mason Maddox. Okay. And he's up there right now in training camp. And he's the kind of kid where I go, okay, bro, yeah, you can play, no doubt. You have you have really long arms, you're explosive, but you're short. And they're scared of it. So go up there and earn it and make them eat it. And when that kid, when you mix a little bit of talent with a whole lot of motivation, you get a great football player. You get Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald's six foot, dog. Yep. So anybody, six foot. anybody that wants to sit here and tell me Aaron Donald, he's ripped and he's a great athlete. Mm -hmm. No one's talking about that shit. Aaron Donald's will and motor is what makes him great. John Randall's will and motor is what made him great. If you are good and you play with motor, you're it's unstoppable, bro, because most of these guys out there are just out there because they're big. Yeah. Come on, dog. And I, I'm not yeah. saying I wasn't one of them, but a lot of these dudes are out there because they're big as shit. I know. I help yep. offensive linemen get recruited every day, Henry. 
You know how easy it is? If you walk in, look, I'll just say this bluntly. If you're in Colorado and your kid's over 6'4", 250, and he plays football and you're not at 6'0", you don't <laughs> like free money. For sure. Period. For sure. Because it's like stealing. I, yeah. All I have to do is teach him some shit and be like, do you like football? Do you want to go to school for free? Bam. It's on. And he's motivated. There was a stat. It was a few years ago, but it was something like 25% of all humans on earth who are seven foot tall or taller Play basketball. were actively in the NBA. In the NBA, yep. Not even counting the retired ones, yeah. but were active in the NBA. 25%, bro. Something like that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. cuts down the margins pretty quick. Exactly. You didn't do shit to get seven feet other no. than go wham, wham, a couple times. For sure. For and sure. And then bam, seven feet. Siberian yeah. freak. With a fucking J and a floater. Sam right. bitch. I think that's all we got today. We'll come back next week, though. I'm excited to hear. Uh, I'm sorry I cursed so many times. Oh, it happens. We know what to expect from you. <clears throat> you've, you've built a brand. Dude, if I, if <laughs> I can't not talk. Honestly, I'm sorry. Tomorrow, though, we're going to. Or not tomorrow. Next week, we're going to come up with goals. We're going to figure out what we need to see from Brendan Lewis. I did goals. We're going to figure out what we need to see from the defense. Um,. You know, stuff like that. So wins, losses. Wins, losses. We might yeah. as well do the whole season, too. Yeah, shit. Yeah, Let's man. do the whole season. After next week, the week after, we're going to be previewing A&M. So. Ooh, that's going to be a fun one. And then I'm the week after that, I'm going to be hung over as shit from Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's good stuff, and we'll see you next Go week. Go Buffs. <laughs>